Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Okay, so before I introduce the guest, I want to ask you guys a quick favor. I promise it will only take a minute. If you can please go to iTunes, give me a five-star rating, a short, short review, glowing, of course, would be preferable. I would really appreciate it. Today on the podcast, KP Anderson. If you've been a rabbit soup fam for as many years as me, then you know his work very well. KP became showrunner and head writer of the show on E! back in 2004 when Joel McHale took over. He ran the show until the very end, till 2015. It was a great run. KP and Joel loved doing the show so much, they revamped it and took it to Netflix for a reboot last year. It was really great, just as good as the original in my opinion, and you can still watch those episodes on Netflix. KP's brand is comedy. He ran Norm Macdonald's show at Netflix, which you can still watch. It's streaming now. Kevin Hart's show with Lyft, which is super funny. Kevin Hart goes undercover. You can check that out on YouTube. He's got a company with an overall deal at Lionsgate. KP is one of the best talkers I've ever had on this podcast. And you can see we go on many different tangents. And I will say he has got a Kardashian story that you're going to love. Enjoy. Okay, here we go. All right. I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Finally. Finally. I know your husband. I know all your friends. (laughs) What have you been looking at? My dossier? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So our husbands, uh, well, our husbands. I don't think you have a husband. You have a wife. Yeah, I have a wife. Um, So my husband and you have golfed together. And then we have our mutual friend, Jen O'Connell. Yes, we do. And I always tell Jen that we're going to do a show called Everybody Loves Jen. Yes. Everybody does love Jen. Like who doesn't love Jen? Everybody loves Jen. I don't know about everybody else. I'm a little afraid of Jen. Oh, uh, yeah. You've yeah, worked with Jen. The Velvet Hammer. Yeah. She's yeah. so the Velvet, ha- Velvet Hammer. Yes. So that when I first moved to LA, I did a development gig for Jen. Mm. And uh, yeah, she's tough, but in yeah. a good way. Like she she doesn't suffer fools. Mm-hmm. She's very direct. Yep. And she's does it with a smile. Yeah. And she's <laughs> and she's like the crazy thing is how I've known her for years. We've been friends for a long time. And then and then she went to Lionsgate and then the soup ended. And then I got into an overall deal with Lionsgate uh, with Jen overseeing it. And um, and uh, I have known socially how smart she is. I have not known business-wise how smart she is. She's so stinking smart. She's so stinking smart and she's so quick. Uh-huh. You know, like her mind works very yeah. fast. Yeah. But let's make this about okay. you, yeah, not about Jen. Enough about I'm, Jen. I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're dumb. I'm sitting in your lovely house in Toluca Lake. We're in your uh, office, yes. study, mm-hmm. podcasting room, sizzle yes. room. Sizzle, <laughs> shooting room, video game room, a place where I go when I'm grounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your prison. But I'm yeah. looking, I can't stop looking at the picture of the Obamas. You have to tell me how you met them. Oh, that was the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner 2014. I saw that in your bio. So you yeah. wrote joke. Who was the comedian? Uh, Joel McHale. Oh, it was Joel. Yeah. I love yeah. So, yeah, I so. love that. Was, I love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have so much to talk about. Yeah. So that so must have been exciting. That right? was a good night. That was a very, very, uh, that was a very interesting. Night. It's very, it's very weird now. Uh, given, I don't know when you release these, but we're, we're, you know, right in the middle of the heated political season. And I, today's la- election day, which today is election day. Yeah. yeah. And I was, and last night, uh, my wife had on CNN and we were watching it and there, and like, it's weird as I get older, I realize my grudges of the past, like, just don't leave. I just am less able to access them until something reminds me. And there was this guy, there was this commentator on CNN whose uh, name is Ryan Lizza. Lizza? Lizza. Yeah, he's from The New Yorker. He writes for The New Yorker. Yeah, for The New Yorker. And that night of the correspondence dinner, myself and uh, the two gentlemen who aren't the Obamas in that picture, (laughs) uh, Brad uh, Brad Stevens and Boyd Vico, uh, who wrote wrote the stuff with me, we were down in this little meet and greet room where you meet, you know, where you get that picture taken. And uh, and it's kind of like half of Hollywood, half of the NFL, <laughs> a couple of geeky writers and and the Obamas. And um, and that guy was in there and we were standing by the bar. We had just gotten our first drink 
And he came up and introduced himself to us and said, are you guys Joel's writers? And I guess he could tell because we weren't Diane Lane and Wolf Blitzer and Adrian <laughs> Peterson or something. And, and, um, and, uh, and we go, yeah. And he said, how you doing? Are you, are you, are you ready to go? Are you, are you feeling good? And, uh, and we said, yeah, we wrote the stuff, you know, of course we're nervous, like, but, and just making like loose conversation with him. And he then went on CNN, like maybe 20 minutes later and said, I just met Joel McHale's writers. They are drunk. They are nervous. They are sweating. And I was like, oh my God, you cannot trust the press. Wow. <laughs> you then, got burned. And I forgot by about fake it. News. Yeah, I forgot about it that night. We were at a, we were at a, at a party at the Italian ambassadors, uh, uh, the Italian embassy is where the the post party was because that's how i roll when i'm in dc <laughs> that's how dc rolls yeah, that's what i do um and uh and he was standing at the bar then and uh, then i him? was drunk and I, wa- I walked right over to him and i was like hey i was not drunk when you said i was <laughs> <laughs> get your facts right now i'm yeah. drunk yeah but uh but no it was an insanely cool night um yeah. insanely it is nerve-wracking how was I remember like I've always liked Joel, so I remember mm-hmm. liking and I watched them every year. How I forget how he was received by the general. He was public. received. He was received generally well. I always think about it, you know, in context against um, like some of the more he he wasn't the most talked about, and but I think it was it was generally well received. I think that what's interesting is the most talked about are either the re, the ones where you really tank. Um, um, or the ones where you really like take on one target. Right. And so with, and so like Seth Meyers and Trump being the obvious, right. you know, the biggest, uh, the, the biggest one, but like Colbert, um, right. uh, tanked he, right. like, and in, in just, in just brilliant material right. and a brilliant choice moving N- in as to how it. he wanted to do it. Right. And everybody in the cheap seats going, Oh my God, that's so genius. But from a, but from a straightforward, like how did the audience care about it thing he tanked right but because it's also the worst audience in the world yeah right yeah. i mean it's yeah. like the it's really tough the room is per- not made for right. what we're about to do here it's super wide it's it's deep enough but you can't when when we went in for sound check and we're standing up on the dais and we're looking around and joel's going good god i can't see i can see the back of the room but i can't see the wings right and left right and then it's you know it's not particularly sound slung for what for what it's supposed to be the camera coverage is you know c-span robo cams <laughs> it's not it's all like it's all very you know it's such a it's such a weird like not conducive to telling jokes right now no they need to bring in like joel yeah. gallon or somebody to yeah it. <laughs> but like but like there's but there's also kind of like no excuses because especially in the obama years any i'll even give bush and clinton credit is in modern history the guy right before you just killed yeah but you know, obama especially obama because he's just got yeah. natural i mean obviously yeah. he didn't write the jokes but the, his delivery he just has great comedic yeah. timing yeah and joel's like so joel's joel's take on it moving into the uh moving into the thing which i really respect and and keeping in mind the times you know the i think the year before had been seth I'm, I, I think it was, I think Seth was the year before us. It mm-hmm. might've been some Seth than, than Kimmel or someone like that. Um, uh, and then Joel, but, but in, in line with the times, Joel sort of went, I don't want to be, he's never been one to like really overly state where he sits on the political spectrum. Yeah, that's he not his to, thing. yeah he likes to, he likes to keep that to himself. I, you know, he's, he's, he's certainly a very considered and very considerate guy. And, but I think that he really wanted to like, but he also really likes to, you know, start some fires. So he said, I really want to go both sides of the aisle and I want to, and I kind of want to take out the room. And we did, we leaned into Chris Christie really hard because Bridgegate (laughs) was that year. Um, um, and which was funny because he was sitting at the table next to us and, um, I had just, uh, it was like the first year of my, of Pygmy Wolf, my company being in a deal with, um, with NBC uni with Wilshire studios at the time. And we had been talking to CNN about doing sort of a soup type of show in the news. And then Jeff Zucker pulled the plug on it, like right out of the blue, because, uh, because he sort of realized that he, as he was moving into CNN and starting to understand he was really in favor of doing it. And then he realized that they weren't budgeted that way. Like the, like the sort of entertainment group was not budgeted to do weekly programming and the, and the news group 
didn't have room because they did what they did. Mm-hmm. So, and so the show went thing. away after after a lot of talking about it. But I had gotten to know Jeff a little bit over the over the course of that, and so I see I see him and I walk over to say hi, and he's sitting with Chris Christie, and he says, uh, "Hey, how much of this stuff did you write?" And I go, well, "I wrote most of the stuff about him." And he and he goes, "Hey, Chris, this is KP. He wrote all the stuff the guy's going to say about you tonight." And Christie just looked at me. I was like, "Oh, wow!" But I'll give Christie credit. We hit him hard. We hit him a lot. How many fat jokes? A lot. Well, that was the. I think the uh, the. It started <laughs> with. Um, it started with. It started with a bridge joke, I think, and then and then the line was. I'm sorry, Governor Christie. Um, uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't ask whether you wanted the. Uh, I didn't ask whether you wanted me to do the bridge jokes or the fat jokes, but I know how much you like the combo platter, so I'll, <laughs> so, so so I'll do both. Um, buckle up. I mean, extender. Buckle up. Oh, and then we went into a long. And then we went into a long run about the bridge where Joel took responsibility for. Uh, Joel took responsibility for the extender buckle joke, um, but was launching an internal investigation to find out how it happened, and the person would be dealt with and fired. But the buck stopped with Joel, and then after the investigation, he cleared himself. Of of any wrongdoing and we moved on with the correspondence dinner and it was like really it was the, good. that was like the biggest run everything yeah. else but like we opened with smart we opened with the shot at obama yeah where he said you know mr president you're great you're always great at this my favorite one you ever told was when you said you were going to close the detention facility at guantanamo Ooh. bay and the room got quiet yeah and then michelle obama was eating and she went <laughs> ah! <laughs> and then barack obama laughed and then the room laughed and then, like, as we permission. sort of pepper potted around yeah. and we hit, like, we, I, uh, Brad had a brilliant uh, Robert De Niro joke, which was, uh, um, which was, um, uh, Robert De Niro is here tonight. I don't do a Robert De Niro impression, but I do an impression of his agent. Ring, ring. He'll take it. And <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> and De Niro, after, De Niro afterwards came up to Joel at the, uh, at that Italian ambassador's party and was just like, that was great. That was the best. You got to do that. And they've, be, they've become friendly since then. That's crazy. So it's like, it, they, I, I do recall in recent history a time when people could take a joke. Yeah. yeah. So Chris Christie took the joke too. Chris Christie was great. He put me in a bear hug at the uh, at the thing. You know, <laughs> it's so funny because politics have gotten so mean and fractured nasty. and nasty and mean and everything else that it's like. And I and I do understand. Like I, I try to rectify it in my own mind all the time because you know I started politically incorrect was my second job. Oh and, wow. Yeah. And so I've been writing comedy in this space for a long, long time. You know, I'm pretty moderate, bleeding a little liberal, and and I and I try to. I try to, you know, it, with the advent of Me Too, with everything else, I'm constantly trying to to work out in my mind my own desire to, you know, comedically poke at something and see if it wobbles against what's the actual damage. That No, I think it's a really tricky balance now because, I mean, I have to say for myself, the only stuff that keeps me sane is mm-hmm. the Samantha Bees, the John Olivers, the Stephen Colbert. Like, yeah. I feel like we need it so badly now, yeah. you know? And I mean, even, did you watch the SNL skit this weekend about the Democrat, about uh, how yeah. we're all so nervous yeah. about it? Yeah. And even that really is well perfect, yeah. exactly. So it's poking yeah. at us, but yeah. in the perfect way, we're like, we're scared shitless, you know? Yeah, and like the, the Pete Davidson joke that got all the, uh, with yeah. the, the, the guy with the eye patch, like in, I saw it on Twitter first, and then last night we watched SNL, and um, and seeing it on Twitter, my initial knee-jerk reaction right. was, was like, like How oh, jeez, come right. on, man, that's a vet. And then I, when I saw it on the show, I was like, in context of what the overall bit was, I was like, yeah, he was he was he was moving through and mowing them down, and himself and everybody else. Yeah, he was, and yeah. he, and that's the other problem. It's great point because there is no context anymore yeah. for no. anything. No, and, you know, and, and and we all we all gravitate towards those clickbait headlines, and we all decide who we're angry at before we actually read the story. And you know, I'm as guilty of it as everybody else. And I and I and I'm moving around and around and around in my head, just trying to figure out you know, against, against what my, what my, you know, larger moral code is. Um, what's you have my, one of those? Uh, well, yeah, actually, oh, okay. I do. I, <laughs> I do. I'm very, I'm very fascinated with, uh, I'm very fascinated with sort of the gray area. I'm because it's, it's rapidly disappearing. It feels like 
It feels like there's only right and wrong. And, and it feels like in a lot of cases, it's, you know, it's past action. Like if you look at the Me Too movement, the, there is an argument to be made that there's that, that there's a very fast knee jerk reaction to most things out there. Um, but then you start to look at the past action, like this is, this is going all over the place, but <laughs> I, my daughter, she's 15. Yeah. We're in Krav Maga together. The Israeli oh, cool. self-defense yeah, thing. That's awesome. Um, took her there. I've got a friend who teaches. Took her there uh, because I wanted her to, like, I basically, the mindset was, hey, let's not wait till the guy who touched your boob is, you know, uh, getting a, a judicial nomination. Why don't you just break his hand while it's there? <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, while it's convenient. And That's so, awesome. and so that was my sort of first, uh, my first, you know, dude, dad impulse was let's, let's handle this this way now. And then I got in there and what I found really fascinating in, in a not great way was, you know, so I'm not a small guy, but I'm not a particularly big guy, but I've lived my life basically without being touched in a way that I didn't want to or couldn't deal with it. And and then in that class, because it's very forward physical contact and you're and you're working with strangers and as you keep moving on, there's real, you know, real hitting, real grabbing, real stuff. And I think since I was like 15 and my big brother was 17 no one has grabbed my arm and tried to move me in a direction I didn't want to go in and just the sort of like the visceral shock of that the yeah like, the like holy shit of that uh, um, and somehow that finally got through my skull that like women of all ages have basically been being moved by people they like and didn't like that way for all of time and you go well that's gonna have a buildup then isn't it that's gonna have a. That's gonna have that. Like, and when the and when that door opens, like when you look at Samantha B and you look at that, you know, that outward rage that she has, that she is brilliantly spinning into comedy. Um, um, you go, oh, I totally now. Like, I don't know why it takes that yeah. to understand well, the other, but yeah. it, sometimes it does. And I appreciate you saying that. And obviously, we could do like an hour on this. And I've mm-hmm. talked about it actually on other podcasts. But I, it's great to hear it from a man, a straight white man. Oh gosh, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it is a weird thing as like mm-hmm. an, a woman of my age, also who's grown up like and just been, you know, kind of part of it all to kind of like feels like you you're waking up, you know, yeah. in the last couple of years, like yeah. all this shit that you're like this actually wasn't okay, but like, yeah. this has been our whole life. And all, of, and all of a sudden, like, it's not okay anymore. Yeah. And it's kind of like a weird awakening for everybody. I think Yeah, good yeah. and bad. You yeah. Know? It's, it's always very funny. Like in the business setting, because, because in our business, yeah. you know, there's so much familiarity. There's so many people yes. that you, that you see on a regular basis. And there's people that you work with for 10 weeks really like and then show gets canceled and you right. move on that Never way they move again. on that way and you see them and you see them two three years down the road and there's so much informal formal hugging going on that it, that that's one of those things that i've sort of like started to kind of go like we're actually right now producing a uh, or or taking out to uh, to develop and produce uh, along with paul fige a, a sketch group who are all younger women and they're younger than me in their uh, in their 30s and um and uh they're huggers they just they hug they walk through the door and right. they hug oh and you feel weird like should i well, hug I just them? Kinda, I, i've <laughs> actually gotten to a point where i kind of where i kind of go like i don't feel i don't feel one way or the other i like them a lot personally they are really 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 decent people i like them a lot personally but i did i did realize as we got to a point where it's not we're seeing each other you know every two three weeks to talk about thing now we're meeting on it like almost every other day mm-hmm. to talk about stuff we don't need to hug right. every time we walk through the door the you know way. like like we, right, like we just sigh to yeah and it's just like and it's just like the the i don't i basically don't think that there's i don't think that it's that hard and i don't think that the lines are as blurry as people who want to you sort of do the just i don't know what i'm supposed to do or how i can do totally. it people are usually giving cues as to whether they yeah. and you know, also as, a hug to me is like a hug i'm like you yeah. can tell if someone like, yeah. hugging you way too long and tight and it's creepy. Yeah. Or you're just giving you a normal yeah. hug. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like at, at this point, I'm kind of like, listen, and, and you know, the thing is like Jen, perfect example, yeah. old long time friend, 
yeah. known her forever. When we get together at one of our houses or when we go out to dinner with uh, with her husband and my wife, you know, we see each other. We give each other a hug. When I walk through to into her office at Lionsgate on my Friday meeting, we don't need to hug. <laughs> right, like right. No, normally she's going to tell me what I've been doing wrong. And frankly, <laughs> I don't feel like hugging her. <laughs> exactly. Get away <laughs> so, from me, Jen. Yeah. So now so, I know. Yeah. All right. So let's let's reverse course. Yes. Uh, literally reverse to the past. So you mentioned yes. politically incorrect was your second job. So what was your yeah. first job? First job was a Keenan Ivory Wayans show. Oh, yeah. Cool. I started out as a stand-up comic. I was in. I toured out of Minneapolis for a long, long time. Uh, moved to L.A. So uh, you moved to L.A. to kick up a stand-up. Yes, uh, yes. Career. Skyrocketed, skyrocketed right. into a, a table waiting job at Johnny Rockets. Excellent. <laughs> went back to Minneapolis, threw my stuff in my brother's basement, went on the road for another year, got funnier, got more, uh, understood more what the expectation was. Because when I was in L.A., I was here for about two years. And um, I was uh, for the best work that I was getting was as like a house MC at the improv on Melrose. And uh, when when right like somewhere in the middle of those two years, Jimmy Fallon became the other house MC at the Melrose Improv. And then Jimmy wasn't there and I still was. Right. And I was like, huh, I wonder where you go. I should work on my impressions, I guess. And, <laughs> yeah. and so and so I uh, and so I went back on the road and I got very fixated on writing then. And that's when I started kind of kind of realizing that I enjoy performing i obviously am no uh, i'm not shy about talking um but i but i i started to realize that what the 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 long-term realization was what actually drives me and motivates me in the business is that i really like being a part of a good idea coming together my favorite part about being a stand-up comic was driving from minneapolis to bismarck and recrafting one bit in my head over and over again for eight hours while I, you know, so that I could get it to, that might, that could have been the ephedrine and weed talking too, but, <laughs> but, but, but That's like, a long drive. Yeah, but, uh, but, but it wasn't, it, it was about like, like the, the pinnacle of that was the execution of what I'd been yeah. honing all day. And then I'd get off stage and I'd be like, no, nah, I don't really want to hang out and talk to these people. I kind of want to go back to my room Just now. keep and, writing. You know, write, watch TV, whatever. And so, and so the, the writing People on the road started noticing, like the the bigger names that I would work with, uh, um, Bill Hicks, um, Bill Maher, um, um, everyone named Bill and everyone who's dead really <laughs> liked me. Um, and so and so Bill Maher was really one of the first to kind of say, wow. you know, look, you're doing something different here. Like you have you you have a you know, you're a good comic, but there's something that's happening with the way you craft the words on stage that's unique. You should maybe start thinking about this. And then he made me an audience warm up guy at P.I., when I moved back to town, um, and I was rotating with uh, with their regular guy Danny Vermont, and then uh, and then Bill was telling me, you know, I'm going to give you a writing job. I was submitting jokes to the show, and then he didn't. He gave it to my friend Jeff Cesario, and so I went back on the road, and I had given another friend, a guy named Mike Dugan, a bunch of sketches that I had written, saying, Hey, we, I, I don't. Would you please just tell me if I'm good at this? Because I don't know. And uh, and I was in Columbus, Ohio, and he called and he said, I love these and I, I want to give them to uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans. He was writing for Keenan at the time. And so then I went to, from Columbus to Minneapolis and I was uh, literally painting the, the uh, storm windows at my parents' house before the winter for like five bucks a window because my dad was cheap. Yeah, And Keenan called me there and said, hey, I really like this stuff. Would you come out? I want to, you know, I want to meet with you. And so I came out. Uh, he bought a couple of those sketches, but then he offered me a job. And, um, and that lasted for 10 weeks. And, uh, and then Bill called Keenan and said, how's he doing? And Keenan said, not great. And Bill goes, can you fire him? Because I want him. So I kind of got traded. Wow. You totally, so why weren't, why did Keenan say not great? I just wasn't at that show. Like now hindsight being 2020, that great, not great because I was writing for KP Anderson, the comic, and I wasn't writing for Keenan Ivory Wayans back then. I don't know. That fucking show's a mess. They don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, but really truthfully, and I, I, it's very funny. I just bumped into Keenan in my office a couple weeks ago. He was going through to, to meet with another producer and, um, and we talked about those days. Days and uh, and he and was what like, does he remember? Oh yeah, he's Keenan. I've bumped into Keenan along the way over the years. Yeah. He's always been just insanely, insanely kind to me, and he's always been. He he was like, I knew you had. He, that day he was, I knew you had a lot of a gift that not a lot of people have. And, and, and he said it wasn't working 
there in that context. And he even he even at one point when he was doing one of the uh, scary movies, um, I bumped into him at a, at the, the Laugh Factory, I think. And he said, uh, and he said, hey, can I send you this script? Will you take a look and tell me what you think about it? And he and so he's always been he's always been really giving and really uh, and really decent with me. Yeah, very, very cool. And that office, by the way. My office at Keenan Ivory Wayans, like you, you wouldn't have known it then, but that office was, uh, I was in it, uh, Heather McDonald from uh, yeah. Chelsea Lately and, and moving on, Wanda Sykes was wow, in there, Vernon, Vernon Chapman was in there, I mean it was it was just cool. crazy Allison Faust who runs shows now, like this this crazy, I am I am absolutely the least talented and least successful of that uh, of that group of people. It's, it well, was, I've never heard of Vernon. Vernon is a Vernon. Is he big? Is, Vern, yeah, he's a he's a big. I'm not. I'm. I'm actually not sure what he's working on now, but he sort of moved uh, moved forward with Chris Rock. Oh, cool. Yeah, Vernon is just uh, is just like back then. I haven't seen him in years, but back then I, he was like the guy that I kind of sat. Nick Griffin, who's just a brilliant stand up and and still touring. Um, I I looked at those. I looked at all of them and was just like, holy shit, these guys are good. Yeah. Well, that's great. And yeah. That elevates your game too. I mean, that's yeah. what's cool about working with people yeah. like that. Yeah. So when you went to Belmar, did you work with Scott Carter? Uh, yep. He, Scott was our EP. He was on. Um, yeah. Scott. He was the, on the podcast. Everything. Oh, how do you? Yeah, he, he's, he's great. A he's so smart. Conversation, isn't he? He is. He's yeah. very. He's great stories. Super bright. Yeah. Scott had this laminated list. Like I, I, I always know that I'll never be <laughs> like a great nuts and bolts producer because Scott had this laminated laminated list of everything that could go wrong during every really? show that he carried around with him. <laughs> and he showed it to me once. I was sitting in his office and he showed it to me once. And I was just like, geez, that's a lot of attention to detail. Do you need that to do this? <laughs> that's so interesting. Oh, wow. He was, yeah. Speaking of things that drive General Connell crazy, I am not a, I am an instinctual producer yeah. and, and defiantly so. And it drives, uh, it drives, it drives people who are, uh, who are, you know, very much like uh, by there's a method and there's a way to make it through this day types but isn't uh, it like a just, left brain right brain thing i think so or yeah. i'm just lazy well, and there's just always lazy. a golf course calling <laughs> me and and i you know i've got a yorkshire hey, terrier that's how your yeah. creative genius has to come yeah, out it's it's just i just sort of i just sort of wander i'm i'm, I'm an eternal pinball you know? and so funny. so yeah. do you have somebody that like keeps you in line in that way oh yeah um <laughs> um there, there's there's actually there's actually an army of people that keep me in line that way uh, it, it and it really does not uh, to be you know it sounds trite but my wife yeah. is absolutely the like hey wake up what are right. you doing you know she um, runs the yeah the- yeah the 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 um she runs she runs pretty much everything around here <laughs> but she runs the she runs the the sort of um psychological maneuvering of me better than anybody ever could or would i think that like in in very much truth jen and uh jen and her team that is that's shifting a little bit right now at lionsgate um have been great for that like that is that is the best part about working with her is she fucking pop quizzes me every day she knows she knows i wasn't thinking about it and and will call me and have and will like everything even through like joel McHale show and norm mcdonald when yeah. we were in a really 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 busy and we were doing um we were doing the tail end of uh kevin hart lift legend all at the same time and and i think what i what i like about that relationship the best is she absolutely understands and believes in and gives me the creative room to be the creative producer that I am. Um, but in terms of the nuts and bolts stuff, she also gets that about me and doesn't hold it against me, just holds me to task when she knows that it's got to get done. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to the soup because okay. I was a, was an early adapter to the soup. Yeah. I love even before Joel. Yeah. Um, but I never, I don't think I ever missed an episode that he did. Cause I just DVR'd it or TVO'd it back in wow, the day. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love that show. And then when it came on Netflix, well, uh-huh. obviously it wasn't the soup, but come on. It was, it was, <laughs> I, I'm very, very proud of those 19 yeah. episodes. I'm really, they were great. I think, I think, and, and I didn't get to, uh, um, the Joel McHale show show, jo- the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. With Joel McHale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And originally, originally titled Joel's <laughs> weekly dump. 
That's not bad. Yeah. (laughs) And and you know who really wanted us to keep that name was Paul Feig. Really? Like he he's he's such a child. He got he got such a huge. So cool that you got to do that with him though. Too. Did you have? Did you and Paul have a relationship before? Paul was Paul was a I wouldn't a frequent isn't the right word for it, but Paul's the uh, he was a guest on the soup, a regular guest on the soup. And he was also the other person who watched every episode. Okay. Like when he, the first time he came on the show, I went down to his dressing room and he actually lives a couple blocks from here and we've become, you know, neighborly friends since. But, uh, um, but I went to his dressing room to, uh, um, to, uh, to say hi. And, uh, and I said, hi, Paul, I'm KP. And he goes, I know who you are. You're the voice of Simon Cowell's chest hair. And I was like, I was like, I'm like, at that point it was like four years since I'd done that voice. And I, I was love like, it. That's the amazing. Did you like, say so meaty too? No, that was a uh, Kelly Levy. Uh, <laughs> but, and there's so many. Let's talk yeah. about chicks. Like yeah. I know yeah. all of it. Chicks man was Dominic DeLeo, Mankini. Okay. <laughs> um, Mankini. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, um, but Paul was, Paul was very, uh, was, he knew everything. He, he knew who did what, and he was—he's like our the soup's Wikipedia page. Totally. And so, and so, when the show ended, yeah, you know, he was more pissed about it than Joel and I and the rest of our staff were. We'd been doing it fifty weeks a year for eleven years, yeah, and loved every second right, of but it. It's a lot. But you get to a point where you go, yeah. wow. Um, so wait, it was eleven years. Eleven years, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So how? So were you, you like, how did it happen? I, so I was coming off of last comic standing. I was producing Ah. on the third season of last comic standing. And, um, this guy, Jay James, who, uh, who's at game show network now was, uh, was running. I can't even remember what at the time it might've been Comcast entertainment group or, or E studios. Right. Um, but Jay had reached out during last comic and said, and when they were, when they were developing the, the precursor to the soup called the what the awards and, and inquired if I was interested, but I was in the middle of last comic and I said no. And then as last comic was, uh, was, uh, um, um, skidding skidding in flames towards the uh, towards the airport terminal um, it was the third season it didn't work and uh, it only had three seasons no it did yeah. more seasons after that but, but then like it did, took a break the, the sort of original Jay Moore years right. were, uh, were season one and season two uh, and then season three was a sort of truncated the contender the Stallone Mark Burnett show wasn't right. ready to go at NBC and so they needed some filler and they asked us if we would do like a live American Idolish season one versus season two Oh. thing but season one no one remembered and season two was out of material and so it just didn't work it was Yikes. a bat leg it and so we actually got we actually got canceled a week before the finale and then oh my God. Jay was pissed, so he went on the radio in Arizona and announced that Alonzo Bowden had won. At the same time, Comedy Central was paying for the right to air that finale, and so Whoops. everybody already knew who the winner was. I thought it was just a it was just a mess. What a mess. <laughs> but uh, but by then, Ted Harbert was uh, was running E. And Ted and I, I had done some punch up for Ted on a, on something and we had, and we had known each other a little bit. And so Jay reached out again, Ted called me in. I met with Ted. He said, I've got this guy, he's hosting this show. They were calling it the what the awards. I said, you're in front of a green screen, introducing clips, call it the soup. Uh, the guy is amazing. He's super talented. He's a, just a major pain in my ass. He comes in my office every time one of my execs gives him a note. He was like, just come here. If, if you get along with him and he wants you to be the guy, I'm probably still going to cancel it in like 10 weeks. But, you know, if you keep him out of my office for 10 weeks, I'll give you your next job. Is this Craig Kilborn? No, this is Joel. This is Joel? So yeah. then wasn't yeah, it already the Yeah, it's funny. I'm actually soup? going to Laker game with Killer tomorrow night. Are you? Yeah. Wasn't it already the soup? <laughs> it was talk soup. And oh, there, ta- so okay, the lineage, got it. And this is like, I was so I've gotten, less, I've gotten less defensive about this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my personal growth is impatiently <laughs> explaining right. something that people should it know is or annoying. remember. I'm sorry. No, no, it's, but it's weird because it's like, why would you? If I hadn't, if I hadn't taken over the, right. that the the new version right then i wouldn't know either and i wouldn't care but i can't yeah. tell you how many people oh, i've been rude to in airports yeah no it would be no, super annoying yeah. to me too so, <laughs> so let's set the record straight so no one so, will ever so ask talk you again soup was greg kinnear right uh greg kinnear john hansen aisha, aisha tyler hal sparks yeah. and and i maybe not in that order and maybe greg, aisha and hal K- craig kilborn no kilborn no. never did that Kil- kilborn did the daily of? show and oh then did right the, late the daily late show, show. Yeah. i don't know why I um, thought it was- and so then and so then we 
uh, that ended. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was Aisha that was the last yeah. one when they canceled Talk Soup. Okay. And there was nothing for a couple of years. And then they decided that they wanted to do something that was like Talk Soup, but with reality shows. And they called it the What The Awards. Uh, and they hired Joel okay. to it. host the What The Awards. And what's always funny to me about the Joel hiring, because Joel is one of the most headstrong human beings you'll ever meet. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a very good way. Yeah. In a very, he's also one of the fairest and, and truly most charitable and decent people you'll ever meet. Yeah. But he doesn't suffer fools either. Um, and so it always astounds me because the administration that hired Joel was, uh, was not Ted's administration. It was Mindy. Mindy. Yeah. And, and they hired him because he looked like an E personality. Right. At the time. They right. felt like, so he can just be another talking Seacrest. head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tall Seacrest. He can just be another talking head. And, and they had no idea what they were getting in terms awesome. of comedic talent, in right. terms of, you know, right. Ballsy attitude. Yeah, mindset. And in terms of the idea that Joel was so heavily influenced coming out of, coming out of, um, watch what happens live and everything else. He was so heavily influenced by things like Monty Python and Conan O'Brien and, and all this stuff. So that, so he did like, I think it was like 10 or 12 episodes of this, what the awards and then two or three up, they, then they changed the name and called it the soup and did two or three, maybe more episodes of that before I came on. Okay. And they had no idea what to do with him because, <laughs> because he was and Brad and Boyd were, uh, were writing on the show and, um, and, uh, they just, they, they felt like they just had this, you know, the, the worst human beings on the planet. <laughs> and they asked me to come in and like make heads or tails of it. And when I came in, I was like, this is perfect. No idea. <laughs> this is what you want and right. need in this. So, this what, is, so yeah. what you're saying is, is that sort of like the sarcasm, the snarkiness, all of that stuff yeah. is what they didn't. They I were like, they why wanted, are you making I fun of people? I think they wanted him to. At one point, we were in a uh, we were in a meeting in the in the very early days where one executive said, "How about he doesn't tell jokes? What if he just tells the story <laughs> and makes a face?" Really? Yeah, and, that's awesome. Uh, and, and Joel was in that the, meeting. That's like the best yeah. thing ever. <laughs> he was just like, "What? You can't make that up. You yeah. cannot make that up." Yeah. And, and so, face. and so it was like, it was this really weird thing because there was no, we were so cheap. We we're like 60 yeah. grand an episode or something like right. that. There was no reason to really cancel us. And right. Ted really liked sort of, he liked us. He just liked the sort of goofy silliness of us. Right. But then as we started to find some traction and it came, it all came about so simply because it was, it was like really my, my big thing, my big contribution to the process was, was truly saying like, look, this needs to be an easy hang. This needs to be, we need to stack it in an order that makes enough sense that the people who do watch E are going to not be taxed by having to think about why we made this jump from this thing to this thing. So let's start putting things in order and make right, it simple. Segments. So, so like act one, we're going to start with the big, Jay actually gets cred James for like, please just, his big thing was whatever you do, just please start with the thing that everybody's talking about. Right. So like at the time, the Idol was the biggest thing. Okay. And so we'd always start with an Idol clip and, right. uh, and like <laughs> send Jaya. Right. That stuff came right. along, and uh, and pop across the screen. Yeah, and um, yeah. and that was Ed Boyd, our other EP, who was just <laughs> who was just a mad genius with like he gets so he he's just an eternal kitten with those graphics. He oh my god, just, yeah, they were so yeah, good. Couldn't stop, but uh, but um, um, but but that was so it was so it was like let's just do that, and then. I had wanted to. I had wanted to do some homage to Talk Soup. I'd kind of gotten tired of the question and and was like, <laughs> and it's and there's still great moments out there in yeah. talk, and uh, and I said, so let's end the first act with that. Ed came up with Chat Stew, um, um, and then we and then we were talking. It was Joel and Ed and myself and the writers um, sitting in this tiny little room on the on the fourth floor of E, just boarding out what's the show going to be now. And, um, and, uh, I said, okay, so act two is the meat of the show. This is when we should show the reality show clips. What should we call this? And Joel goes reality show clip time. And I went great <laughs> reality show clip time. And I threw it up on the board and we didn't think it would be, you know, we were just <laughs> yeah, like, right, we, right. we giggled no, that's at it. The name. Yeah. We yeah. giggled at it, but that's how that's everything awesome. kind of, all the easy stuff is exactly. what got in. I love and it. And then, and then, yeah. And then every once in a while we just drop this insanely complex <laughs> joke after the dumbest clip. <laughs> right. And, uh, and it became this formula that we loved so much much and it, and it and it sustained you know we had fun doing it it was it's so oh god i miss it so um how involved was joel right there in the mix with you guys i always wondered like how much his yeah. hands were on especially the especially at the very beginning like yeah. this is it like like 
Joel and involved um, really like the very beginning of the show, the show would not have gotten good had he not sat in his office. He and Lee Farber shared an office and Joel and like Brad and Boyd had moved on to other stuff, but then came back and ran web soup for us and ran a, um, um, the soup investigates for us. <laughs> um, we did the, uh, we did the thing Brad and Boyd wrote on, uh, wrote on Joel's last sitcom. Now they're on another CBS sitcom. So they're like a big part of this story, but Joel had like, those two guys are his favorite people in the world and with very good reason. But Joel would like get all the writers that, that were there would write monologue jokes and would write jokes. And I would put an, put them in order and I'd give them to Joel. And then Lee would come and be like, he's, fucking calling those guys again he'd call brett and boyd and to run rewrite. the whole script by them to uh, have them oh, go. once they left yeah. and to their credit yeah they would go yeah that's funny no you should yeah, do that no like, that's great that's great God. yeah i mean i those two guys uh, yeah. um they're they're two of my better friends on the planet too yeah and so and so it was, he really relied on that. yeah and it was like e when i came in e said that e forced me to clean uh clean house they told me to keep only one person and said you figure out who oh my god and so i met with the writers that were there and like brian rubenstein who's uh who's a big sitcom writer now and was on Tosh. He got let go in that purge. None of them had to go. I'm really, I love the writers that I wound up with and I love these guys and none of them had to go, but it was one of those, like there's a, there's a politic at right, play here. Sheriff in town. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and Dominic DeLeo was the one I just, as I was like, geez, if I have to, you know, I, so I, so I was reading through the stuff and I, and I went, Oh, I, I guess Nick, like his his packet is the stuff that I know I would never have stumbled upon writing myself. It was just so weird and so out there. So I was like, I guess that this is against like these guys are amazing. They just write in the same sort of voice that I write in. So I was like, I guess this guy because he's just out of left yeah. field. And so I went to Joel and said, "Here's a guy." Joel was like, "Oh, good. He's my best friend since eighth grade." And I was like, "Well, no you could have fucking told me that from the <laughs> like." <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. And so Dominic. Dominic stuck around and we brought in the, we brought in the new group and, uh, and, um, um, and it just kind of, it just kind of clicked. Uh, these guys stayed in, stayed in the picture in, in a really good way. And you know, it all, it all sort of like, but Joel was very, Joel was very, very, very for the first few years until community, he was there all the time and, and, you know, he'd get movies, but we'd go, we'd go do the show wherever he was doing the movie. It's a green screen show. Right. Yeah. So, so then, then community was when it became, um, a little bit more like, okay, he's going to be at this place doing this thing, um, most days of the week. And then he, we're going to have him for a few hours, one day a week. And so I would at first, so that we could get up to speed, I would go over to community with the script a uh, day before, and we'd go through it together. Um, and then it just got, it just got too busy. Um, and then what was interesting was the show, I don't think the show I don't think the show suffered but it did change a little bit like doing bigger bits we stopped we stopped doing those yeah simply because we realized like well we're not going to shoot them with just us we right. need the guy <laughs> right like, the guy should be in the thing yeah. if we're gonna if it's only 22 minutes and he's the guy so yeah. we just have the guy so we so we changed it up a little bit but then when we came back together at Netflix um it was actually I had forgotten how how I I'm I'm really you know again that show the the Joel McHale show I I hope that people will still go watch those episodes because his performance in those episodes is so good and it's actually I feel like he I feel like he reached another level in in terms of his ability to in, in terms of his you know like it's hard to say that he didn't have a so, a solid confidence level after eleven years but he was just so at home from minute one on yeah. the Netflix show agree yeah I, I, he didn't miss a beat no and, and I agree he just yeah. seemed like right back. In his own skin the jokes were just yeah. as funny yeah it, it was like it almost credit brad and boyd were the head writers on that oh, show okay. and that's credit to them too yeah, yeah picked up where it left off yeah. i mean as a you know unscripted producer for a long time it was such an honor to get your show roasted on the soup like yeah. that was the thing i did yeah. the show farm kings which was like four seasons but nobody watched it or knew where it was yeah um, and you guys and did yeah. a thing on it. And it was like, oh, my God, you <laughs> know, Kings. we're all, you know, circulating the clips. And it's like, yeah. we have arrived. We have been skewered on the soup. Yeah. That, and that was like a that's, moment. That's awesome. That was yeah. one of those things where, again, I, I think Joel gets the, the largest part of the credit for it. I think Ted Harbert gets some credit, too, is that the idea was never to the idea was never to say these shows suck, even though. We're all kind of, you know, we're all kind of snobby, heady comedy writer people. 
Um, um, so we, so like, so like a particular type of reality programming, like the bachelor gets it more from us than, uh, than, than anything else, because there's like, because somewhere in the subtext of the jokes, the, there's like, what does this say about us as a society thing that you can't, that you can't outrun, but like a show like farm Kings or (laughs) cooking with Dutch ovens or whatever. I love toy trains. Well, and that's the thing you guys would find things like the Japanese, like just they were like, I cannot yeah. believe this is real. Yeah. And that was the most fun oh, part God, about, about it. The, uh, I forgot about the Japanese. Uh, um, <laughs> right? They had a whole, you had a whole segment on the, it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Either. I can't remember it either. For, first thing. Wow. Okay. So um, but, uh, but that was, our thing was always to, with the tone of both shows was always like very religiously, not this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, because we really did think that if we, if we started making those sort of qualitative jokes about about the actual shows um that it would that the audience would start to go well if it sucks so bad why am i watching it, you talk about right. it right no no yeah. i think you, you straddled that line perfectly yeah. and uh, and so it was always holy shit you got to see this <laughs> yeah. and then we started to fall in love with some of our targets and they started falling in love back tyra banks being the the exception oh, to the that rule bat, the, right she, she hated hates but us. i love yeah. the way you guys went after her yeah. what about the whole kardashians thing because that always got a lot of play that like there yeah. was tension at the network yeah, yeah. i think there was there there was there was tension although i have to say that like the like the, the at the very beginning the network wanted us to cover it because they wanted the publicity right and then they realized the way you were covering yeah. it and i always said and i've i've talked about this on other podcasts but uh, but um and in other interviews but my sort of first take on it when i started seeing the stuff was i was like okay what we're going to have to say about this is going to upset people. Right. And so I'm going to write it because it's just, it was just harder to fire me. It was harder for me to, to like, it doesn't, not saying that they couldn't or wouldn't. Right. But you're going to go down with it. Joel's going to put up a strong fight if I, you know, if I get the, uh, if this becomes a, if this becomes a problem. So for the first couple seasons, I, I watched and wrote the stuff for it. Um, and, and so I came like my very first, my very first take on it was, um, every clip started with Kim, Kim Kardashian, (laughs) who's famous for having a big ass and a sex tape has a problem. Right. 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 And so she goes to her dead behind the eyes, sisters, (laughs) Chloe and Courtney, who are absolutely no use. So then she addresses her purposeless momager, Chris, who then eventually, uh, um, ships her off to her shell of his former self, uh, stepfather, Bruce. And, and that, got Chris's attention. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. And so then I would get these calls from Ted oh on like Friday nights. The show was on Friday nights. And I get these calls from Ted at like midnight on Friday going, you asshole. I just got off the phone with Chris Car- Jenner for the last fucking, you know, right. like, can you stop this? Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't think I can. No, and, it's too much and, fun. And yeah. And so then he finally, I said, have her call me. Like, let's, let's talk about this. And so finally this, this like thing was arranged and Joel and I talked about it a lot. And Joel was like, if, you know, he was like, we're not going to stop saying what's true. Like was his, was yeah, his standpoint right. on it. So his biggest thing that he wanted <laughs> this is to a defend. Fact. These are facts. Yeah. The thing that he wanted to defend the most on it was the big ass in a sex tape. Right. Um, uh, Chris and I talked and she was like, look, she goes, I, I understand that we put ourselves in the public eye Yeah, that we, you know, that we do this. She said, but Kimmy cries. My daughter cries oh, when she hears the big ass and sex tape thing. And, and I do you feel said, a pang of guilt? I, uh, well, I said, I said, I'm not, I don't mean to make her cry, but it, you know, there is in fact what something that got her on the map. And so and you help make it happen. Yeah. And so, and so not you. here's Chris. where we are. And, and we sort of went, we went back and forth and, and I, and I, I agreed to stop with the, uh, with the Chloe and Courtney because I felt like that was, you know, again, that was attacking. It was looks based. Uh, um, and it was like, they didn't really, I never knew who they were. They didn't really do anything to me. Like, why am I doing this? Oh, it's just cause I'm a dick. Okay. So, so I sort of backed off of that. And then I talked to Joel about the about the big ass and the sex tape, and he was like, "Well, the show's doing really well. I don't want to have an enemy forever." Um, and eventually, it was Ted Harbert that got into it and was just like, "Please stop, just stop doing that." So when I talked to Chris again, I said, "What about Bruce?" And she was like, "Oh, do whatever the fuck you want." <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. And there was a time Bruce uh um Bruce hated us. Oh, I don't know how I don't know how Caitlin feels, but Bruce hated us. And there Caitlin's was, fine with it. Yeah, there was a there was like some e new employee. <laughs> 
employees summer party thing <laughs> where they asked Joel to speak and we had written this like speech for the new employees and the rules around Ian one of them is if you see Bruce Jenner floating around the hallway please uh, pick him up fold him and put him back in his drawer <laughs> and Bruce was oh there and he just walked up and he, you're gonna fucking knock it off pal <laughs> like, that's a pretty good impression I, like, I, don't, I don't think we are yeah oh no were you there when he became Caitlyn or yes no? yes that, like, that, uh, did we have to do that with kid gloves the or rumors, could you have fun oh with no that? kid gloves were on the the yeah. rumors were the rumors were out um um and it was and it was like everybody was wondering and everybody was wondering what was happening and then one day i got you know those corporate envelopes where it's like starts in one office and sent to the other and then you oh, write yeah. who you're sending Inter- it to office it was in there was one it was from jeff old the then entertainment yeah. uh, evp to me, the only lines, and it was the LGBT handbook for media coverage. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! And so I called up his office, and I was like, "Is it happening?" And he was like, "It's, it's happening, happening, and you're going to be careful about this." Wow! Like, so did you yeah. just not touch it. The the thing that we did, and I was actually pretty proud of it, is uh, we gave E credit. I can't, I want to remember how I worded it, but it was like, uh, once again, E has broken ground and is uh, more daring than any network they have given a 60 year old woman her own tv show <laughs> and she doesn't even have to go to small towns and solve murders or anything <laughs> and so that's, that's how awesome. we yeah and so that's, that's so the, funny yeah. when you really think of it like that yeah. it's crazy yeah and then at some point we started calling her big kendall and that that got us in trouble but <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> i love it that's fun yeah. all right so we gotta we gotta jump ahead and and okay. uh round and round it all out so okay. then so then the netflix show happened which was great you must have been thrilled netflix i mean mm-hmm. that's like the Brass, right? Yeah, very, very cool. And very then, cool. and then you did the you were EP of the Norm McDonald show. Yeah. So Pygmy Wolf Productions, my company. Yeah. Um. Um. We sold uh with Paul and Joel uh, yeah. and their companies in Lionsgate. We sold the Joel McHale show to Netflix. Um. Inside of that Netflix called while we were making that deal and said, Hey, we're gonna be uh we're gonna be doing a talk show with Norm McDonald. Ah. We need a production company. Would you guys like to provide those services? So Pygmy Wolf, my company alone, stepped in to do that and how that great was, is that when you're just handed it was, it was very cool it was right? really and really really cool you always cool. like norm oh yeah i've known norm for from the stand up days forever Amazing. And, uh, and um and norm is you know um norm uh-huh. is uh, uh, just the most delightful never change him handful that you've ever you've ever like, oh my god he had a time of it promoting the show yes he did the poor norm yes he did he i remember the, i was talking to netflix i probably shouldn't share too much about this but i do uh, one of the netflix execs that i was talking to when it happened i was like I mean, come on. He made it until like 48 hours before the show launched. Did you really expect him to get this far? Yeah, it's Norm. Norm is. It's Norm. And to me, to me, here's the thing. Like, I wish Norm would have phrased that Hollywood Reporter interview differently because we've, he and I actually talked a lot about these things. And And he, I heard him on Stern. He he elaborated a lot more and he was super thoughtful about it. And Norm's on, Norm's on an intellectual journey about this stuff there. And there are facets of it that I really think more people should be discussing. More people should be discussing some of the nuance of how this interaction works now. Yeah. And, and, you know, he did not, he didn't bring that nuance to that Hollywood reporter moment, which is what started, which is what kicked off the whole thing. Right. And, and that goes back to context yeah. and everything we talked and about. I, and I do think that if he would have said, you know, cause like I can't, I'm not, I'm not particularly Roseanne, uh, way back when, uh, when I was a comic in Minneapolis and she was with Tom Arnold, she would come to Minneapolis and, and before they would come to the comedy club, she would stop at the mall and buy me a shirt because, Why? because she thought I was really funny and she, and I was broke and and she thought that she, wow. I got to get a shirt for that kid who dresses That's like shit, so cute. you know, and so and so that was, you know, so you loved Roseanne. I, I loved Roseanne and yeah. I, and I really haven't seen her talk to her much since those yeah. years. And that's, you know, now going on like 24, 25 years ago. Right. Um, and obviously seen from the outside, but a lot of people who I've, who I know and like, you know, have, have worked with and for Roseanne. Yeah. Bill Maher loves her. Yeah. And there's, and there's, you know, and there's a passion for what her passion for comics is. And so, and for what her sort of, you know, she was for a generation of comics, she was the den mother. Right. And, and that's, that existed. That was a thing. And it was, and it was what it was. And so there, and so with, with, with Roseanne, with Louie, who's harder to defend, I think, um, um, it was, I think what Norm wanted to say, <laughs> what Please would have been, clarify. It would have been nice if he would have said was, 
like, look, they've been good friends and supporters and important to me and their family for all these years. And if the phone rings and it's them, you're damn right. I'm picking up because I want to see how they're doing. Yeah. And if he could have, if he could have avoided the discussion of what they lost against what other people lost yeah, and that's all that where stuff. It gets yeah. That's where it sensitive. becomes, you know, and that's where people. And so it's not like the, it's not like, it's not like the people who, who made note of those comments didn't have a good point, but I think that what got lost in there is norms. And in, in all of his apologies, I think he sort of eloquently, except for the one where he, where he, yeah, what did he, he, he messed up again, right? You have to have Down syndrome. Oh God. And then he had to at apologize. That point, it's and then just he had like, to go on the view and apologize yeah, for that. It was at like, that point, it's just, he just can't help no, it. But I mean, like, but I mean, when we're doing that show, it's like that was that was in in so many ways the easiest show on the planet to produce because because yeah. he knew not, everybody already, right? He seems so yeah, familiar with the guests. He knows what he wants to talk to people right. about. Like after the after the Lauren Michaels interview, yeah, I, I felt like I personally felt like he spent most of the time talking about season one of Saturday Night yeah. Live and Three Amigos with Lauren. Yeah, and uh, and afterwards we were talking, and I said, felt like you might have left a couple of things on the table there. And, uh, and he said, and this is just perfect norm. He goes, well, what are you, what do you, what would you think that I would have, uh, and I said, uh, and I said, well, you know, I go think about you, you and I are constantly talking about the, you know, about the, the, the PC police and the, and, you know, comics under attack for, for doing their job type of stuff. And we, you know, we, and we, we talk a lot about that and we talk a lot about, you know, all of these issues. And I said, it occurs to me that Lauren, you know, was, was, he, he was there at the beginning fighting the FCC and now he's getting it from the PC police and compare and contrast that. What are the, you know, what's the difference? What are the, who's worse? Who's easier to deal with? You know, stuff like that. He goes, oh yeah, it would have been a good thing. You should have brought that up. And I go, I did the last three weeks. I've been saying, as we've known the Lauren Michael, oh yeah, I do recall we talked about. And I said, the other thing I go, you, this, and this is where I love Norm. This is where yeah, yeah. I go, this guy is his own kind of right. genius that you can't like it's it's a diamond that you don't alter you don't put it yeah. in a setting you just let it sit on that mountain and be <laughs> what it is and and he i said it also occurs to me that you got fired from saturday night Live, rather publicly i yeah. watched it last night and i thought why aren't they talking about that so this is what norm says i go he occurs to me he goes yeah but lauren and i have talked about that <laughs> When we fired me, we discussed, That's I know what great. happened there. He goes, isn't the great. show supposed to be about what I'm curious about? That's so funny. And I was like, God damn it. You're right. Yeah. Although I did just want to hear them talk about that the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's, but in Norm's mind. Right. He's like, we covered that already. Like I said before is Norm is a slot machine that pays out like $20 million every once in a while. And he costs like 30 grand to play. So if you've got 30 grand and you want to turn it into $20 million, Give it a shot. You just need to know that like once you put the money in and you pull the lever, everything else is out of your control. And that includes me. That includes Netflix. That's everyone. And by the way, you got a pretty good shot at that 20 million. Yeah. Or at least a killer story. Right. So that's and that's Norm. That's Norm. In a nutshell. So will it continue? Um, um, I don't. I don't think so. I think that what the plan is with Netflix right now, and this is uh, this is not, um, they didn't announce it this way. I like, I'm, I don't think I'm particularly announcing it so much as when I when they called me to tell me, I was like, so can we tell people? And they're like, yeah, we just don't want to like make a thing. Every time we make a thing out of it, everybody gets mad at us online. It's so, so true. So I do know what they're going to do, which I think is great for the Norm fans. And I wouldn't like Ted Sarandos loves Norm so much. I I wouldn't. I would never say that the door is closed on that relationship, including some new version of the show down the road or right. something else Norm wants to do. Ted's always going to give him that that runway because he loves him so much, um, and he should. Um, I think that uh, I think that what they're going to do is they. I know that they have uh, the between Norm and Netflix, they own all of the old uh, um, YouTube Norm McDonald show uh, um, pod video podcast. So I believe that they're going to in some fashion release uh, either the best of those or selects from those or maybe even all of those pygmy wolf me I don't have anything to do with it right. but that's I think somewhere down the road they're going to do that um, inside that space so I think that a lot of people who really love Norman maybe didn't see all those are going to are going to get their version of a second season an opportunity to see him do some crazy great interviews. 
That's fun. Yeah. By the way, Pygmy Wolf, that's your Pig- company. Why is it called Pygmy Wolf? Okay, so Pygmy Wolf was named after uh, not the dog that's sitting on my lap right now, the little Yorkie oh, that anybody cute. who's ever been by uh, was ever by the Joel show or anything saw me with all the time. That's Tallulah. Uh, I had a cocker spaniel named Ziggy who uh, who lived about uh, who lived about eighteen years, um, wow. and Ziggy was just a rock star. He was he he was he was tiny. And he was like sweet, but he also had this kind of bizarre fierceness and tenacity. And so I kind of like with the company, I went, yeah, we're small, but we'll chew your leg off. And so we're, <laughs> and that's, and that was, and I, so I, I named it after my nickname for Ziggy, which was the pygmy wolf. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I would not have guessed that if I, if I had all day long, I wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it is funny. Like when you, when you like, when you meet with managers and agents and people who really want you to make money. Uh, yeah, in, they're like, can you the change business, the name? They're always like, people, the name, people remember the name. I know that industry-wide people remember the name, but always people are like, why won't you call it KP Anderson Productions? Why won't you just like make it that thing? And, I, and it's like, for me, it's just like, A, it's so fucking boring. And, but B, it's also like so arrogant. <laughs> right. I am the like, star. Uh, yeah. And that's nothing against like, like Judd Apatow. Yeah. A- Apatow Productions. I, I can look at Judd and go, you fuck yeah, you name that company after you. Look at what you've done. You know, I made clip shows. Let's just name it after the dog. <laughs> I mean, but yes, but either way, yeah. people are going to say, oh yeah, KP's company's doing it. Like they're not yeah. going to I mean, very few, yeah. I find in the industry, it's always the yeah. name and not the company. You know, weirdly, I think that one of the things that like, it's it's sort of the inside outside struggle of it all too, is is we've been talking a little bit off mic about like show running versus versus uh, production company running as a showrunner, like because I don't do a lot of narrative stuff, I don't exist inside that, you know, quote unquote superstar showrunner thing where, you know, I've got 80 million Twitter followers and they're all <laughs> kind of into the cult of my uh, my personal thing. Um, um, and again, nothing against the Dan Harmons and the people who have that, but that's not my thing. Um, but when you're trying to build a company in a lot of ways, you're trying to build something that can exist without you being the front and center brand label. You want like sort of this like broader sense of like the collected work of the people who come together to form this thing is what we're buying here. Right. And those but it's first a couple of years. It is really hard. Right. Cause is, they only want you. And yeah. And like network execs and people like when they're doing pilots and when you, you can explain it a million times to like a, a group of MTV people who none of us knew are going to be on their way out anyways. <laughs> um, but where you go like, look, so I'm, I'm running the company. I'm going to be, you call me anytime, but this is the person who's running the show. And then you talk to the showrunner at the end of the day and you go, Hey, did you get any notes from the network? And they go, no. And I go, Oh, I guess I should check my email. And yeah. sure enough, they sent them only to me. Yeah. And you yeah. go, oh, I, I yeah. know. And then yeah. you have to be right. And that takes up all of your time and you're just yeah. filtering it down to the showrunner uh-huh. who's going to implement them anyway. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a no win. I mean, yeah. you hope that over time that will change as they get more trust in the underlings, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's a hard battle to fight. And I think it's a lot of, it's trying to figure out with like uh, Charlie Grenzer who runs development and who runs and who's kind of like my sergeant in arms in the company is with certain places uh, he's, we've been able to develop a really good, Hey, here's, so if I'm going to be the person, like say it's at Lionsgate, if I'm going to be the person who, when Jen O'Connell has something to talk about, or Kevin Banks has something to talk about, or anybody, you know, higher than them on the food chain has something to talk about, uh, they will call me, but, but being able to establish Charlie, getting him, uh, trusted as much as he is now so that the other great people who work with Jen are comfortable going to him with the stuff before it gets to Jenemy, like that sort of superstructure yeah. thing, yeah. like trying to extrapolate it across an industry. And even sometimes just getting like your own agent to call your head of development <laughs> with a pitch instead of you can yeah. sometimes be like, will you please just call yeah, him? No, they only like, like please show yeah. it to him. He will show it to me. Right. Like, as you know, I'm trying to make us all more money. And I, I can't know. read it all today. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's kind of short sighted on everyone's level, but I guess I get it to a yeah. certain extent. It's just yeah. the way it works. It's just, you, you know, if you, if you like, ultimately it's a compliment, right? Yes. Exactly. Ultimately it's a, we've done a good right. enough job. But you can't clone yourself done. and you hire people that you hope are going to be the best representative yeah. and do the best job and yeah. make people, you have to just get other people to trust them. It's, and, and trust Truthfully, I've had a ton of luck in that regard, yeah. not just with the internal Pygmy Wolf people, but with like Boyd Vico and Brad Stevens, who took over my old role on the soup as the head right. writers on the Joel show. I mean, I, I 
the the work that they did, the writing, the writers were amazing. The work that Brad and Boyd did to form and shape that into something that it's it's not with us any longer. But I don't care whoever watches it whenever. I will challenge anyone to call me and tell me that that's not funny. That yeah, that's not good. That that's not inventive. That that's not you know because right. I'm I, and and Netflix execs who I still talk to are still very complimentary of it on that level. And so and so that that's a credit to those guys. That's a credit to their work. Yeah, and that makes me happy. That yeah, it's like yeah, I did I did good down yeah, that road. Yeah, it's you like know, handing Joel off made your, me do good down well, that road, but I did good down it that is, road. Yeah. And then you're like handing off your baby, you know, yeah. and it's sort of like you know it's in good hands. It's a good feeling. Yeah, it's not yeah. like oh no. Yeah, and they took it and drove it so fast. It was it was very unsettling. <laughs> for me <laughs> calm down boys yeah. what do i do then i go back there and i look at that piece of paper with the numbers on it again oh great <laughs> <laughs> so okay so we're, we're winding down what are what does the next five years look like for you and your company and where do you want to go do you you know do you want to do film do you want to do scripted like where's yeah. your where are your interests well it's always going to be comedy like right I, that's the again, brand you know, sort of some of, again, some more of our, uh, of our off mic discussion <laughs> is like, is like, it's been, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great three years, um, inside this deal and learning, you know, what's next post soup took a minute. Yeah. Um, um, because that was a huge chunk of my life. And, uh, and, um, so now I want to take, I want to take the company, um, um, and myself particularly, Keep doing comedy, very open to most platforms. Like the one thing we're never going to do, and frankly, it's because there's people who are just way better at it and really is is that sort of docu-follow, you know, narrative. I know you, you're you in that space too. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like the people who do it really well know the formula and know their own personal recipe. And I've never bothered to think about it beyond <laughs> what moment are we going to make fun of from it. Right, you know? right, exactly. So, so, right, yeah. and there's a wonderful place for that too. Yeah, so, so, that, so that's not it, but... but like if it's a game show and there's comedy, great. If there's and we've got a couple of those. If we've got we've got a sketch, two sketch shows that I'm super super excited about that I think are really really good. And I and I have I have good vibes heading one of them. I'm doing with Paul Feig, which is our next collaboration together. And I think that those will see the light of day next year. Yeah. Uh, we just shot uh, we just shot the other night with Craig Robinson a new talk variety house party project that we're going to take out and sell with Lionsgate and Three Arts that. Um, that I'll be running myself if it sells. And that makes me excited because I freaking love Craig. And, yeah. And, um, and, and how do you know, where'd you guys meet? You know, Craig and I have known each other for years over the comedy circuit, but we've never okay. been like, we've never been um, um, tight, tight, tight. We've just always been super friendly and excited to see each other along the way. So you and, went to him with the concept? No, they actually, uh, they, Craig and his manager, Mark Schulman at Lionsgate or at, uh, at Three Arts took, took the concept to Jen and then it got around to, we need someone to run it. And Jen approached me to, uh, to run this first step of the sales thing and attached to the series and, uh, and, um, hopefully it'll sell. And it is, I mean, it's just so much fun. And, and like our house are, I am really good friends with, uh, with a lot of people from the office and my uh, daughter, Sophia. Don't tease me has like that. Watched, has watched, well, Carell lives right around the corner. So I know, so I've yeah. seen his house. Yeah, have you now? I have, Craig, yeah. Craig the other Craig has shown us. The, uh, yeah, cool. he gave us the yep. celebrity tour of Realtor Toluca Lake. Exactly. He was at the Craig Robinson taping last oh, night. Oh, he was? Yeah, That's yeah, hilarious. Tara did a thing, our friend Kevin Rahm fell and hurt his head. It was very exciting, <laughs> great night. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I love it. But the, uh, uh, but yeah, so there, so... Like there's uh, the there's, best show, the best show it's ever. The best show. My daughter Sophia, uh, yeah. she's same 15, with my daughter. And she's been, we binge like seven seasons together. Yes, and she just she knows every line yeah. inside and <laughs> out. So so when I told her I was doing, anytime I, I tell her I'm doing something with someone from the office, she yeah. gets you know wildly interested in yes. dad's career. <laughs> um, so so that's so that's really cool. Um, and then we've got animated projects. We're actually we're actually bundling a couple of uh, a couple of different animated projects that we're going. One that I've co written with uh, Eli Braden, uh, who's the he wrote all the Joel McHale theme show songs. I he know. All the I'm a stern, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we so we've got uh, he and I have one that we're taking out, and then we have a couple others. Um, that we're sort of bundling in and making a play towards animation that hopefully will pan out over the next year or so. That's, that's a shit ton of stuff. Shit ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, okay, private school. <laughs> exactly. Private school. Baby needs new shoes. Yeah, we have two more years. Yeah, you could do it. Scholarship, and I can stop. <laughs> right. Now. Uh, I know. I gotta no. get that full ride. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm. Um, 
so happy to speak with you. Love hearing everything about your exciting career and past and present. Yeah. And I love that I'm getting to know you. Like yeah. Jen's spoken so highly of you. Now Aww. your husband and I are becoming friends through a, through a different way too time consuming <laughs> and uh, irritating channel. Uh, and Not irritating for him. I'll tell yeah, you that. No. <laughs> we, he, we do have fun. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> it's like his li- his lifesaver over there. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, pre- I, I know. Me too. I'm very appreciative of it and uh, to be continued. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot. 